0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Seren. Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Rosemary Ellen Guiley joins me this hour. She's down in New Orleans for a conference and to kick off Mardi Gras. She's edited and compiled another Fate Presents book, this one about time slips and time travel two of my favorite subjects. Before we get to Rosemary, just a reminder. If you love The Conspiracy Show, you really need to check out my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited. Same great guests and subjects, but Conspiracy Unlimited drops three days a week. That's right. Episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Listen and subscribe at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Rosemary Ellen Guiley is a best-selling author, researcher, and investigator in the paranormal, metaphysical, and related fields, including hauntings, psychic skills and protection, afterlife studies, and spirit communication, cryptids, alien contact, and interdimensional aspects of our extraordinary experiences. Get this, she's written almost 70 books on the paranormal, several of them, major encyclopedic works, and her website is VisionaryLiving.com. Rosemary, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm doing well, Richard. It's nice to kick off the new year, and uh, Joe and I are in New Orleans um, to start the new year. We um, have arrived for the very official start of Mardi Gras. We saw the very first parade the other night, and we've got some events to do. We're doing some sightseeing. I'll be doing a little bit of ghost research. We're going out to the Myrtle's Plantation. So it's a, we're here for a whole week and it's, uh, really a packed week.
0: Oh great. Well, I'm guessing, uh, because of, uh, the history of New Orleans and the age of that wonderful city, it must be one of the most haunted locations in America. I'm guessing.
1: It certainly has a lot going on. Uh, the ghosts here go back to at least the 1700s. It's had a very colorful, I would even say boisterous kind of history. Uh, certainly has been ravaged by some of the epidemics that uh, swept through earlier times uh, around the world and uh, was under Spanish, French, and then American rule, so we have different cultures. And then, of course, uh, with the slave trade that was so uh, prominent uh, in Louisiana, uh, we have the import of beliefs from the Caribbean that uh, became merged into voodoo, which was kind of a syncretization of uh, Christianity and tribal beliefs. So spiritually... New Orleans has a very colorful history, and it makes for a very haunted past.
0: I oh, bad. all oh, bad. Well, here you are, kicking off 2019 with another Fate presents uh, books uh, book. This is uh, second or third uh, in the series. I'm, I'm guessing.
1: Well, this actually is number five.
0: Oh, number five. I can't keep up. I cannot keep (laughs) up. Uh, This one, Slips in Time and Space. Fate Presents Slips in Time and Space, compiled and edited uh, by Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Now, differentiate time travel and time slips for me.
1: Well, time travel is the concept that we could do um, shifts in time deliberately, that there would be some device or some science, some mechanism, whereby we could willfully, intentionally travel through time, either into the future or into the past. And time slips are episodes that happen spontaneously, unexpectedly to people, where they find that suddenly they're no longer in the present. They're somewhere else, and it's usually the past. Uh, there are a whole host of characteristics around these kinds of events. They have been documented since ancient times, and um, they seem to happen in certain places, and also when people in cert- are in certain emotional or psychic states. My feeling is about time slips, Richard, is that they are happening more frequently, uh, and I think that has to do with uh, the advancements that we have in science, uh, with the collective attention that uh, we've focused for decades now on things like time travel, space travel, the paranormal, uh, they've really primed human. Con- all of these events and advancements have really primed human consciousness to contemplate these things in mass. You know, we have a lot of people thinking about these things and talking about their experiences, and I think that it does actually open up things more in the timescape for us.
0: Now, you, you've pointed out uh, the difference between time slips and time travel, but just so people understand, that the, this book also features a great deal, chapters uh, to deal with time travel and things like the Philadelphia Experiment uh, and, and then time slips as well. So it's all in here. Um, you mentioned that... that t- time slips go way back in history. In fact, uh, in the introduction, you point out one that goes all the way back uh, to something like 400 B.C. This was a a Hindu epic, Mahabharata. Uh, Tell me about that. What what happened back then?
1: Well, interestingly, ancient myths uh, in, in all cultures around the planet deal with the concept of time, and time for us is fixed. It's absolute, even though Einstein proved that it's relative. It's, it goes, uh, in one direction from past, uh, into the future and we orient our world around time, the celestial movements, our clocks. Our whole world is oriented around this. But in mythology, time is really much more fluid. And there are many stories about the gods, for example, moving through time, and uh, heroes, you know, the, the semi-divine uh, heroes moving through time as well. And in this one particular uh, story from the Mahabharata uh a a king wants to find a suitor for his daughter and so they decide to go visit Brahma and they spend some time in his court and it doesn't seem to them that very much time has passed but when they finally get to see Brahma they discover that like fairyland a huge amount of time has passed and everybody that they knew in the kingdom that they left behind was long dead and Brahma explains that Uh, Time passes very differently in different realms, but uh, the story has a happy ending because she gets fixed up anyway with a very nice suitor. So, uh, so all is well. But we have parallels to this story in in so many myths, and and uh, we're very familiar in our Western culture with the fairyland. Mm. That um, you know, if if you if you somehow slipped into the underground world of the fairies, time passed much more slowly than it does. Um, on the surface of the Earth, you might think that only two or three days had elapsed, and if somehow you were able to go back to the surface of the Earth, you would find that maybe even lifetimes had passed. So all of these stories illustrate um, an as- aspects of time that pre-exist our concepts of linear time.
0: Well, linear time... Um, as you point out in in the mystical traditions, it doesn't exist. But uh, you take a little time also sort of explaining how time has been perceived or studied by some of the great minds. Uh, you talk about Isaac Newton and Albert Einstein. Just let's uh, drill down a little bit on uh sort of the nature of time as understood by some of the great minds.
1: Well, I think... Um I think Newton was a very good example of the clockwork universe, uh, that it was, uh, everything is ordered mechanistically, uh, and including the passage of time. Uh, Einstein came along and demonstrated that uh, time is not absolute, it's not fixed, it's relative, and how time passes depends upon the perspective of the percipient, and also, uh, interestingly, where we live on the planet and and what sort of speeds we might be traveling at. Uh, For example, uh, one of the famous illustrations of this is that um, if you have a spaceship traveling at the speed of light or close to the speed of light, uh, the people on that spaceship are going to age much more slowly than the people back at Earth. Um, And Einstein even went on to say that people who lived at higher elevations would age faster than people living at sea level. So uh, I guess anyone who's interested in the youth culture might give that some thought.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm always – I mean, I'm fascinated by time travel, one of my favorite uh, subjects. Um, and then, I mean, we have – Sort of two approaches to time travel, for example. We have uh, the time travel envisaged by people like H.G. Wells and the creators of Back to the Future, something that requires a device, a machine, whether it's the DeLorean car or whether it's, uh, you know, that fabulous uh, time machine, um, imagined by H.G. Wells. Uh, but then, as you point out in Time Slips, you have uh, the idea that we can simply um, either will ourselves to time travel or it could it could come about through the intervention uh of an angel uh or a spirit like uh Christmas carol in uh, Dickens christmas carol uh w- which do you think is is likely the best way to time travel or the more the the, the most likely way that time travel can occur
1: My vision of the future, that when we finally develop some means of time travel, that it's going to be through consciousness, and we will have learned something about uh, perhaps quantum physics, the way the universe is constructed, that we are able mentally or consciously to bend space and time ourselves, rather than have a conveyance. And... uh, Uh, Of course, you know, it was very amusing from the very popular movies Back to the Future starring Michael J. Fox that he only needed to travel 88 miles per hour in that DeLorean (laughs) to launch (laughs) himself into the future. If only. Uh, (laughs) If only, if only. And so I don't think that we'll actually need physical conveyances. Uh, If things like wormholes exist and parallel universes, our time slip experiences demonstrate that we don't need devices to get to other states of time. And, you know, you could technically say that a time slip is time travel because you are going to another place in time, but it's not something that you intend to do.
0: I mentioned uh, Dickens uh and and uh the the spirits of christmas f- past future present and and that allows scrooge to to time travel. Uh there's a a passage in your book about uh, from the late great Brad Steiger and he talks about ghosts, ghostly encounters or spirit encounters uh like scrooge encountered. And and he talks about ghosts as being a time slip. What do you think of that idea? Maybe expand on that a little bit.
1: You know, I have come around to the same conclusion myself as Brad, uh, just from my own research and experiences, that a lot of the things that we call ghosts really aren't ghosts, but an experience in in uh, time. And uh, I think that when we're dealing with residual hauntings, that is, imprints left over from actions and events, um, that would be what I would call a true haunting or a ghost. But when we have episodes where we seem to interact with something that's from another time or reality... We may be in some weird time slip, Um, maybe not completely in the past, but maybe in some quasi-bridge world where – we have an experience back in time, and uh, let me give you a couple of examples of that. And uh, one came from uh, a trip that I took to the Henry DuPont Estate in Winterthur, uh, Delaware, some years ago. The historical place by um, one of the heirs of the DuPont fortune, and he loved architecture. Built a huge place in different architectural uh, eras. And uh, I always ask the tour guides if uh, they've had any paranormal experiences. And um, the woman told me that two staff people had had a very bizarre experience where they were cleaning up one night after the place had closed. Nobody should have been in the building. They're cleaning up, locking up, and they come out of a room into a hallway and they see two people in period clothing, earlier 20th century, a man and a woman having an animated conversation in the hall. And at first they think, well, who are these people? Are they staff people who are dressed up or people who just didn't, you know, get the word to get out? And these two individuals notice her and they react. They visibly react. They're terrified. And they run into a a room. uh, And she's standing in the hallway so puzzled as to what's going on. She doesn't quite know what to do. And these two figures peek around the doorway at her to see if she's still there. And when they see her, they react in fright and pull back into the room. So she steals up her courage and walks into this room. There's nobody there. There's no way out except this one door. But nobody is in the room. So to me, this this uh, is an example of a time slip in, in two directions. One, we have Two people from from the past who probably worked in that place uh, having some vision of what appeared to be a ghost to them uh, who is the sad person from the present reality and they both react in uh, in shock. And uh, Steiger talked about a lot of these things too that maybe when we're interacting with ghosts we're not Uh, having uh, contact with residual hauntings, but with something that's literally in another place in time. Um, And one of the articles that I included in this anthology was a piece I wrote on the Versailles hauntings, very famous case from the early 20th century. Uh, where two English women uh, took a visit to Versailles and had some strange episodes with what they decided was a slip in time. They saw people dressed in period clothing, uh, talking in archaic French. They discovered later that they had seen structures that um, didn't exist that way in the present anymore. They even thought they saw Marie Antoinette herself sitting on the grass sketching. And it turned out, that when they talked about these experiences that other people had had similar experiences at Versailles as well. Uh, Of course, the experts who studied the case, a lot of them tried to explain it away as people in costume and they imagined things, but there were too many similarities among all of the reports. And um, that's one thing that I I would like to get into uh, is what are the characteristics of these time slips. So, there seems to be something going on in Versailles that uh, whether it 's caught in some sort of mysterious interdimensional portal um, where the if the uh, environmental conditions fluct- are in the right flux and people are in the right state of consciousness, they have these temporary displacements in time. The question is when people do have them, do they always come back, and that is a big mystery.
0: Uh, I was uh, speaking recently with Jim uh, Elvidge, uh, who's written a book called Dig- uh, Digital Consciousness. And before that, he wrote a book called The Universe Solved. And he sort of picked up on the, some of the ideas by people like uh, um, uh, Bostrom, uh, the, the, uh, who has, I believe is a Swedish uh, philosopher, this idea that we're living in a, in a simulation, a, a virtual simulation. And what do you think about the idea that, that perhaps time slips are kind of maybe hints that we are living in a virtual or a simulation and these are glitches like almost like in in software it, it.
1: It's a plausible explanation from from my point of view. I'm a big fan of the Matrix trilogy, and I think that um, that those films were very far ahead of their time in terms of how we explain reality and what might really be going on. It's kind of, it's really a scary thought to think that we might be all caught in some sort of computer like. Uh, program and things like uh, the aberrations in time could very well be imperfections in the software, but we can't rule anything out.
0: Is there anything uh, in terms of time slips or time travel? Uh, you mentioned, you know, sort of looking for some of the commonalities. Is there anything uh, in the geography, the landscape, for example? Uh, you mentioned Versailles. I don't know. Is it constructed on a ley line?
1: Uh, That I don't know, but that would be interesting to know. And I don't think that anyone has ever, uh, to my knowledge, mapped the uh, what I would call the psychic terrain where some of these things are reported, uh, even even if they're only reported once. Um, It would be interesting because there might be some fluctuations in uh, the uh, magnetic anomalies of a place, the contours of a landscape that would contribute to uh, these time slips taking place. Uh, it's interesting that other people besides these two English women had similar experiences. And then, of course, the the debunker said, well, uh, nobody came forward before these two women, and people were just uh, sort of... Um, um, Imagining that they had had the same kind of experiences, uh, but i don 't think that 's the case. I think that uh, something like this happens. People report it, and it encourages other people to come forward with their experiences because they 're not alone and they 're less worried about looking like um, someone who's you know off their rocker
0: right, right. I mean uh, we just have about a minute and a half here, but have you personally had? Uh, Have you experienced some sort of a time slip, a missing time? Uh, I'm not talking about after a night out at New Orleans.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Plenty of that. (laughs) Uh, I haven't had any experiences, profound experiences like the ones that I talk about in the book, where, where people literally are lost in time for a while. Uh, I have experienced what I feel is an expansion of time, and uh, to uh, in a personal way. Uh, and I think that time is very fluid, and to a certain extent, time is personally manageable. Uh, We can't force personal time on the collective, but I think that there are ways to manage our concept and um, ability to, uh, to expand time on our own, and we can do it consciously through meditation, uh, and altering our state of consciousness to put us into these bridge worlds uh where we're neither in linear reality uh or maybe a parallel dimension but we're somewhere else in between literally a twilight zone
0: yeah i i agree i mean i think we can learn to slow time down or at least our perception of of time and and you're right through through meditation or uh just simply Quieting the mind, which I guess, well, I guess that is meditation. Alright, we'll take a quick time out. Speaking of time, Rosemary Ellen Guiley has compiled and edited Fate Presents Slips in Time. Back with more in a moment, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarah from Zoomer Radio. We are back with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, editor and compiler of Fate Presents Slips in Time. And um, I wanted to ask you about... Uh, one particular uh, chapter in the book about it's called "Phone Call Out of Time." It was written by John Powell Riley. But uh, just the uh, the whole idea, and I, I don't know if I've told you the story, but I've told this story on air a number of times after the death of my uh, my late radio partner, R. Gary Patterson, uh, receiving a call from him late on the Friday uh, night, um, and he had I later learned had passed away at around six o'clock that night, and it was much later than that, so. Uh, is that simply a time slip versus receiving a phone call from, you know, from the beyond? What, what are your thoughts? And then we'll get into Riley's story.
1: Well, the the phone call uh, from beyond time, or out of time, as as I call it, uh, is different from a phone call from the dead, which in a way is out of time as well, because the person is in the afterlife, but it's a different uh, class of call where the living receive um, a call directly from someone who has passed on, um, and a lot of times they don't know that that person has passed on, and when they find out, it is kind of a shock. Uh, sometimes these phone calls from the dead will happen on uh, later times, such as anniversaries that are important to the living. Uh, and they're typically of, of short duration, um, often have a lot of static on the line, like the old-style uh, long-distance landlines. Um, but this phone call out of time in the book is uniquely different from that and it concerns a man who uh he had been married and he and his wife had divorced but they stayed in touch and they lived in separate parts of the planet she was uh, in the mediterranean and he was uh, in america and she called him regularly usually at uh, a time you know early in the morning for him like around 4 a.m. and they stayed in touch because they still had a lot of affection for each other well he gets this phone call from her at the usual time one day, and she's all broken hearted because a mutual friend of theirs uh, had died. And this was a young woman who, uh, at at lunch, she had choked on an olive pit and uh, passed away. And uh, he was very upset about this. Uh, a year goes by. And he gets a phone call, uh, from his ex at the usual time, and she has the same news for him. She said, oh, I have some very bad news, and, uh, that this young woman had died. And he said, I know, she choked on an olive pit. And she said, how did you know that? He said, well, you called me a year ago. And she said, that's impossible, because the woman had just passed away. Not a year earlier, she had just passed away.
0: Same woman. So this, there was no the mistake. Same woman. Oh my. And oh my. No
1: mistaking. So this phone call, where did this phone call originate? Was it floating around? Uh, did, did this phone call originate from the future and somehow floated through time back to him a year earlier? Um, interestingly, when we have these time slips, um, time seems to move backward more than it goes forward.
0: Hmm. That phone call uh, reminds me of a phenomenon known as the Mandela Effect. Are you familiar with the Mandela Effect?
1: I am. And these sorts of things may be examples of um, time slips in parallel realities. And um, one, of, one of the things I do uh, discuss in portions of the book related to the mechanics of time travel is what are the physics involved and are there such things as parallel universes? And when we have slips in time, maybe we're not moving around our, our own reality so much as we're experiencing uh, parallel worlds in another dimension that are similar to ours but, but have changed. And could this account for something like the Mandela effect, where you think something has actually happened? You're convinced of it. Maybe you even read a story in the news to that effect, uh, like people who thought that Nelson Mandela had died, uh, and you discover later that you were completely wrong.
0: Right, except that there are millions of people who share that false memory.
1: Exactly. And so is it really a false memory or uh... some sort of shift in time and this gets back to what i was saying early in the show richard that i think these things are becoming more commonplace and involving more people uh... because we're we've really got a global mind thing going now with the internet and our telecommunications we can collectively react to things around the planet almost instantly and this is a very powerful network that then involves more people in the same kinds of experiences.
0: Uh, often when we talk about time slips, we talk about things like missing time or gaps in time, and that's often related to the alien abduction phenomenon. And I know uh, there's, a, there's a piece in... Uh, uh Time Slips, or Slips in Time, rather, uh, by Tim Swartz called Time Distortions and the UFO Experience. Talk to me about the connection between time distortion, time slips, uh, and UFOs.
1: There are a lot of contactees, especially abductees, who... Discover that they have missing time after they've had an experience, and sometimes they don't know it until they've gone through regression. Sometimes um, they experience um, blacking out, uh, and then when they come to, they discover that an unexplainable amount of time has passed. They have, they see a UFO or have an encounter, and <clears throat> it takes them longer to get home than it should have. This, this is fairly common in uh, UFO kinds of experiences, uh, much more than other kinds of time slippages uh, however when when people do have uh, time displacements they they often find out that um, they they do come up with missing time. Um, there are reverse experiences too where people uh, have time slips where uh, and I've interviewed truckers and, uh, who've had these sorts of things on the road and uh, where it takes them twice as long to get somewhere as it should have uh, because they've been caught in some sort of odd experience. And so what is it about UFOs that creates this phenomenon? Well, people have speculated that um, the ETs are visitors from the future. They might even be ourselves in the future. And that something happens uh, when they come into this reality uh, and bend uh, magnetic and electromagnetic energy, it creates um, holes in space and time that uh, result in things like missing time. And there may be something to that because when you look at the characteristics to a lot of time slips, um, especially ones involving airplanes and ocean travel, like the Bermuda Triangle, the Devil Sea, um, that there's something electromagnetic going on. There are weird storms that come up, uh, strange energy, lightning um, that... Uh, These factors arise suddenly and without without warning, and people find themselves in fogs and these weird storms and things that don't look normal. It's as though reality has gone haywire. And that's what UFO contactees and abductees describe as well, is that when the UFO, uh, when the craft shows up, when the alien shows up, and they get targeted, uh, reality shifts. And um, cars and appliances and things that are electrical, they go dead. Uh, there might be weird weather effects going on around them as well. So these are things that I, uh, I think we don't really understand what the bending of forces are around time. Um, but we see examples of it in certain kinds of time slip cases and missing time.
0: Do you think, uh, we have about a minute here, do you think that uh, the time slips and gaps in time, time distortions surrounding the UFO uh, encounter may be related to the propulsion system of the UFO?
1: It certainly has been speculated uh, that how, how would the visitors get here, that maybe they have a propulsion system that uh, is magnetic, that uses magnetism or electromagnetism to um, bend uh, space uh, in order to arrive in our reality. And so there may be something to that, that missing time could be one of the side effects.
0: All right. listen, when we come back, I want to talk I heard Dr. Bruce Goldberg on on Coast to Coast recently talking about uh, time travel and uh, lo and behold, Dr. Bruce Goldberg has uh, contributed a, a chapter in Slips in Time Rosemary Ellen Guiley is the editor and compiler of Fate Presents Slips in Time and we'll discuss Bruce Goldberg and much more when The Conspiracy Show returns right after this Stay with us curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. So, Rosemary, as I was saying, I was listening to Coast a couple of weeks ago, and Dr. Bruce Goldberg was on talking about time travel. And, of course, he is featured in Fate Presents, Slips in Time. And the title, Time Travelers Are Among Us, is very intriguing to me because that's, you know, the the big paradox. If time travel exists, where are the time travelers? I mean, once in a while we see some hoax on YouTube. Or maybe they're not a hoax. I don't know. But so let's sort of reflect on that that question. Where are the time travelers?
1: Well, we've certainly had examples of them throughout history with mysterious individuals. And I have a section about people from nowhere, people who just suddenly show up, and there's usually something wrong with them. They're injured or disheveled or dazed. They say they're from a country or a city that doesn't exist anywhere on the planet. They may have even have documentation. And nothing they say makes sense to anybody. Where did they come from? And uh, Dr. Goldberg has done a lot of research for quite some time in time travel. He claims to be in contact with time travelers, and he calls them chrononauts. One of them that he mentions in the article in the anthology is a man named Traxa, who comes from the 36th century. And he said, by then, time travel will already have been achieved through teleportation. We will discover the reliable technology for this in 3000, the year 3050, that will enable us to move through linear time at will. And for Traxa, he just beams his body back and forth. Well, uh, there have been arguments made in physics that beaming around a la Star Trek wouldn't work very well that once you would get disintegrated you wouldn't get put back together and so evidently something will be discovered in the future to enable us to beam ourselves around like the Star Trek crew and this one particular chrononaut and probably the others as well they go through wormholes and that one of their purposes is that they monitor things. They monitor what's going on on Earth and maybe even make nudges in history to influence things in certain directions. Well, this opens up a very big question in terms of how we view beings like angels or higher beings, even the the visitors from alleged space like the ETs. Are they able to influence historical events so that the track of this planet, the track of humanity literally shifts in time as well. These are pretty big concepts for us to start grappling with. They're not out of the question.
0: I am intrigued by the dilemma though. Like if we create a time machine, let's say in well Bruce Goldberg I think said the year 30 something, wouldn't that mean that you can't travel back further in time until the time machine is turned on. So if they invent the time machine in 30-something, that means in the year 4000 you could travel back to the year 30-something, but not before. Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, there are all kinds of paradoxes like this, and of course the most famous one is the grandfather paradox. You know, if you went back in time to kill your grandfather before your father was born, would that mean you wouldn't exist? Right. And if you went back in time and altered something small, there have been some very good science fiction stories uh, written around this, would you alter the course of history in some profound way? And uh, one uh, one argument uh, that gets around these paradoxes is that, well... Uh, you would change history. You would change the past so that when you went back to the future, it wouldn't be the future you left. It would be an alternate future. And this gets into the many worlds, uh, concept and parallel dimensions that, uh, and even, even, uh, some concepts in Buddhism that, uh, we are constantly spinning off alternate realities with every thought and action. Uh, and there could be myriads and myriads of these uh, alternate realities going on, and so if you tried to go back in time, you might not even go back into your own time, but to an alternate time, and it it starts to get very very complicated, uh, and in terms of what might really happen, so. I think that theoretically you could travel back in time, but would you be traveling back in time? Like, you know, if, if time travel is invented in the year 3050, uh, then perhaps technically you could travel back in time, but it wouldn't be to the same reality. It would be to an alternate reality.
0: I agree. That makes the most sense to me. We'll take a quick time out and when we come back, let's find out what the Russians are doing with Time Travel. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, my guest. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. I think we have some sort of a time slip or time distortion happening live on the radio because I can't believe this hour has flown by so quickly. Last segment with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who has compiled and edited... A wonderful collection called "Fate Presents" from Fate Magazine, of course. "Fate Presents" slips in time. Uh, there is a, a chapter in the in the time travel section uh, about uh, the Russians and how they are designing and testing time machines. It's written by Paul Stonehill. Talk to me about that article.
1: Oh, well, Paul Stonehill uh, has done many articles on. Uh the Russian perspective and UFOs and time travel and the paranormal for fate for many years, and in this particular article, uh, he talks about claims that that uh, the Russians have that they um, could move time by four minutes in either direction with this one particular machine. And I think that these claims uh, are largely unsubstantiated um, beyond just uh, an announcement from from Russia. But the uh, time displacement took place through electromagnetic field manipulation. And here we get back to this idea um, that... Something magnetic, electromagnetic occurs uh, spontaneously or deliberately by design um, in the the warping of time. Um, now, interestingly, there have been experiments since then, uh, even in the U.S., um, involving retro causality, um, and. Uh, molecules, for example, have um, been sent back in time, like a few seconds, uh, and some of this work surrounds the the Large Hadron Collider in Switzerland, which some people think is a rather dangerous device that it's going to literally change our linear timescape at some point and in a very catastrophic way but uh, that was the gist of the uh, the Russian experiments and they ha- had a uh, we have a photograph from uh, the original issue and fate of this time machine which sort of looks like a big um, a big ball uh attached to a to a computer uh but it's the manipulation of electromagnetic energy that's the dominant core idea here
0: i'm i'm thinking you know in certainly in the the short term that might be our best hope uh or most feasible a uh, plan for time travel is not to send an entire human back, but to be to be sending information, uh, which could be contained in, I don't know, like a quark or something. And I think this is what um, uh, Ronald Mallett at the University of Connecticut has in mind, that you could use a time machine. If you can send information back, uh, you could use it as an early warning de- device. For example, hey, there's going to be an earthquake on this day. Send that to the past, and then people could prepare themselves.
1: Uh, and and yet, if you did that, do we get into some of these paradox conundrums? Then, ah. that what re- what reality are you really altering? Uh, and if you uh, if you alter the way the earthquake happens or people react to it, then um, in the future, how would they know to send a warning back? Uh, and uh, it, it gets mind boggling, that's for sure. But I think that the future for humanity will transcend linear time Uh, all the mystical philosophies talk about time being eternal now that everything happens in an eternal now uh, and that time is fluid it's malleable it's not fixed and how will that shape the reality that we start living in
0: tell me about the restaurant that disappeared
1: This actually is, um, I don't want to use the word common because time slips aren't all that common, but among time slips experiences, this is one of the more common ones where people are out traveling on the road, they go someplace, um, like they find a hotel or a restaurant, they stop in, uh, they have an actual experience and interaction with people, and when they try to find the place again, uh, it's not even there. And that was the case with the restaurant that disappeared. Uh, people stopped in on the road. Um, the waitresses are all dressed in very, what seems like, old-style uh, outfits. The, a lot of diners have kind of an old look anyway, but this place looks really old. Uh, and even though they're the only people in the place, uh, the waitresses seem to be very rushed, and they're talking about, you know, it's you know rush hour. They eat food, they're handed a bill that's ridiculous for the present time, uh, in terms of the cost of it, but they pay it, and, uh, later they decide, you know, to find it again, and there's no trace of it. Uh, now if people are able to do research, uh, sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't, but they try and track things down like well, what happened to you know this place that was there? They might find out from uh, historical records or local people that there used to be a restaurant there uh, decades ago. So this however, does not qualify as a ghost experience because, they actually interacted with solid people. They ate food. They paid a bill. Um, and everything seemed to be kind of strange, but yet normal. It wasn't like encountering a residual apparition. Um, I have another uh, a case where uh, some English people on holiday in France uh, tried to find lodging one night and uh, they were uh, directed by a very strange man at one motel who said the place was full to go off the beaten path uh, to another place where he knew there would be room. And they find this old place. It's really peculiar. Everything seems to be old-fashioned. There aren't any elevators. There's no telephones. Nothing seems to be modern in the place. Nobody speaks English. Um, they even take photographs at the place. And here again, it's the ridiculous bill. Um, and you know, for, for pennies, you know, literally uh, what it would cost someone in the present time to to pay for lodging and, and meals. Oddly, none of their photographs come out of the place. There isn't any evidence that something happened to the negative. They took uh, photographs with film camera, a film camera. No evidence that something happened to the negatives. But none of the photographs of the actual hotel uh, turned out. Well, when they uh, when they are on their way back from the holiday, uh, they try to find the place again because hey, it was such you know so cheap. Why not stay there again? And they they again can't find it um, gone and no trace of it. Uh, and it had all the the accoutrements of you know the turn of the 20th century uh, kind of feel. Uh, these are. In terms of time slips, these are the more common kinds of of experiences that people have. And what is it um, about road trips that takes us into other realities? As a parallel, Richard, I just want to mention that when I was uh, working on a book on cryptids, um, I discovered a commonality to so many experiences where people were on the road and they went around a bend in the road and there was this thing in the road that defied explanation. And it was always a bend, a curve. And is there something about curving roads in certain landscapes that might have a certain energy to them where these time bends start to take place? Uh, Because these sorts of time displacements with the restaurants and the hotels, they're road trip stories.
0: Well, it's always a delight bending some time with you, Rosemary, and I can't thank you enough for hanging out with me for this last hour.
1: Well, thank you, Richard. Always a pleasure. And uh, look forward to speaking with you next month.
0: Fate Presents Slips in Time and that's edited and compiled by Rosemary Ellen Guiley her website VisionaryLiving.com back next week with a brand new show in the meantime don't be afraid there's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known what you hear in the dark speak in the light and what I say in a whisper proclaim from the housetops move over Aphrodite I'm coming home Good night.